It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard for the penultimate set of pre-split fixtures. If the title race did end last weekend, Michael Beale needs to keep up Rangers' end of the bargain as long as possible at home to St Mirren today. There's an Edinburgh derby underway which could have huge knock-on effects for both. Livy St Johnston and Dundee United Motherwell make up your Saturday offering. It started last night, it continues tomorrow. Big games up and down the country I'm Gordon Duncan And joining me in the studio Is Gordon DL Mark Wilson And Hugh Keevans I love a day that starts With a game on a knife edge Kevin Nisbet scores for Hibs Put them one up against Hearts Ross County lost to Aberdeen last night Aberdeen's sixth win on the bounce Could today in Edinburgh Be Hearts' sixth defeat on the bounce That would be a disaster For them At Ibrox There's a disjointed Look about Rangers Because of injuries And they need to be careful Against St Mirren Any drop points today And at Petrosia Next weekend Celtic could be champions Before the split Dundee United Also need something At Motherwell I don't fancy their chances Much I have to say But the bottom three Separated by Three points What a weekend What a day In prospect yeah, certainly is. The weather is smashing as well. Never a better time to play your football than April when the sun is shining. But there is still some pressure on the teams playing today. Dundee United fighting for their lives away to your lot. Motherwell, who still have their sights set and finishing best of the rest of the, the bottom six. And of course, Rangers at home to St Mirren. They will be looking to bounce back and we're enjoying an Edinburgh derby that's going Hibs' way Absolutely. in the meantime there's not been a great deal in it Gordon DL but Hibs do lead by that Kevin Nisbet goal to nil whatever happens there it's a huge afternoon and everywhere you look Hugh, Hugh declared the business end of the season open last weekend so we're well underway yeah and as it stands it's a massive um, game for obviously Hibs that could cement that top six place um, you know Livingston sitting there they've got to play this afternoon but it'd be a big ass got to win their two games but I look at the bottom of the league as well Dundee United is this an opportunity to against an informed Motherwell to leapfrog Ross County who lost to an informed Aberdeen a lot of football ahead Absolutely sit back and enjoy so much to get through this Saturday afternoon we'll keep you up to speed on the Edinburgh Derby Andy Halliday comes off just as Super Scoreboard starts he's obviously got his priorities he'll be going straight to find his Clyde 1 app uh, he nearly scored as well he with did. a header in the first half he did so. indeed um, we'll keep an eye. 64 we'll keep an eye on the remainder <laughs> of that one let's go to Ibrox though Rangers against St Mirren Roger Hanna's there yeah and that 3-2 feed for Rangers at Celtic Park last Saturday Gordon it was the first league loss of the Michael Bill era but I left Rangers 12 points adrift of Celtic at the top of the Premiership that said there's still plenty to play for just a fortnight to that Scottish Cup semi-final at Hamden against Celtic and all of this against a sort of backdrop of off-field turmoil Ross Wilson departing for Nottingham Forest this week Douglas Park standing down the previous week and you have to remember the last time they played St Merton and Paisley was the last game of the Giovanni Van Bronckhorst era that 1-1 draw a late James Tavernier penalty rescuing a point so three of the key positions at Ibrox have all changed in the past four months Michael Beals come in John Bennett's a new chairman we await a replacement for the departed sporting director as for changes on the pitch well Beal is no fewer than 10 first team players missing today no Goldson Kent Jack Kolak Yilmaz Wright Roof Stephen Davis Lawrence or Hillander 
but that still means there's only two changes from the side that lost at Celtic Park a week ago. Out go Jack and Ken, in come John Lundstrom and Fashion Sakala. So Rangers will be Alan McGregor in goal as a back four. James Tavernier, the captain, who scored his 100th goal for the club at Celtic Park last week. John Suter, Ben Davis and Borna Barisic all keep their places. Lundstrom comes in with Nico Raskin in midfield. Dennis Todd Cantwell, Malik Tillman and Fashion Sakala behind Alfredo Morelos on the bench. McLaughlin, Haji, Matondo, Kamara, Arfield, King... 19-year-old Ross McCausland and 19-year-old Aaron Lyle, both of whom could make Rangers debuts today, and 16-year-old Bailey Rice, who did make his debut as a substitute in the win at Livingston earlier in the year. As for St Mirren, well, they've not finished in the top six since 1984-85, but terrific wins in the last two weekends against Livingston Hearts have created that opportunity for Stephen Robinson. If they don't do it this week, they can do it next week. And the Omen's not great for them coming to Ibrox. They've not won here since November 1991 when Kevin McGowan scored the only goal. They've not even taken a point here since a last-minute equaliser by former Ranger striker Stephen Thompson 12 years ago. Two changes for Stephen Robinson. There's no Keanu Bacchus, the Australian World Cup star, not in the squad at all. And Thierry Small drops to the bench. He took a knock at Tynecastle last week. In come Greg Kilty and Scott Tanzer. So it's Trevor Carson in goal. Back three, Marcus Brazer, Joe Shaughnessy, the skipper, and Charles Dunn. Midfield, Ryan Strain, Greg Kilty, Alec Gogic, Marco Hara and Scott Tanzer. And up top, Tony Watt with the ever-dangerous Curtis Main. On the bench, Erminski, Taylor, Gallagher, Small, Flynn, Boyd Munz. Offered Jameson and Grieve. The referee Stephen McLean, Navarre is Andrew Dallas. Well, Roger's stats proved the disparity within <laughs> Scottish football. Yeah. 32 years since St Mirren won at Ibrooks. 12 years since they scored a goal at Ibrooks. But I think with Rangers today, there are many players out because of injury. Is there a residual effect of losing to Celtic last week as well? Are the crowds going to be as up for it as they normally are in the sunshine, but the league's gone? Uh, so I think that there exists a chance of St Mirren getting a draw, which would be a major step forward. Do I think St Mirren would be high in confidence after last week? Rangers, you know, trying to get back in the right track. must say, when I heard the injury list, um, I was expecting a, a much different Rangers side, but it's much the same with just those two changes coming in. Um, so no different in terms of style of play or anything like that. I think the fans... There's not really anybody in that team that the fans will go along and say, oh, we're going to see something new or something mm-hmm. different. Sakala, Lundstrom, they know what they can do. So no real excuses today yeah, I them. think it's still a big ask. I know what you're saying, but you'll go 32 year, 12 year without a goal. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, well, Rangers got a few injuries, they could get something... You look at that Rangers side, it's still a very strong side, very talented side, and also there's players in there with an opportunity of playing in probably the biggest game of the season. Not that many though, Roger Hanna. Is there a conclusion to be drawn there about the way Michael Beale feels about certain players maybe, the way he feels about this end of the, the season? Because I don't think anyone expected him to completely rip up the league, you know, say it's all over and just start playing everyone and experiment all over the place. But it wouldn't have been wild to suggest Matondo could have started today. Could Giannis Hadji have forced his way in in light of the injuries? But there's a clear determination there to keep this as close as possible to the group that he's used so far in his time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you can throw in the names of Glenn Kamara or Scott Arfield as well, Gordon. I thought they might have had a sniff at a start today. I wonder if he would maybe rest a couple of players either today against St Myrna or next Sunday against Aberdeen up in Petodre ahead of the semi-final. But it looks as if he's going the other way. It looks as if he's going to keep this small core of players together. Um, it's still not sure Conor Goldson will be ready for the semi-final, so we'll want to see Suter and Davis together. I think his first choice midfield pairing is Raskin and Jack. So without Jack... Lundstrom's just the next cab off the rank he comes into the team and it's Sakala instead of Ryan Kent when he's got this little knee problem that he's dealing with in a minute so there are no more changes to be had, be interesting to see what he does off the bench, whether you know, there is extended time for a Haji or an Arfield or a Kamara or even some of the youngsters are on the bench, you know I saw Bailey Rice coming on for his Rangers debut at 16 at Livingston didn't look out of place in the few moments that he got so I, I think the Rangers fans here they wouldn't be averse to seeing a Rice or an Aaron Lyle or a Ross McCausland just to give them a glimpse of, of what the future might have coming out of Ockenhowie. Is that Glasgow in a nutshell, Roger Hanna, where everybody can call this show all week long and say the league's over, it's over, it's done, it might have been done before but it's certainly done now. But at the same time it doesn't alleviate any of the pressure really on Michael Beale because if that 12 point gap ends up 18 or 15 or whatever by the end of the season then uh, things will feel a bit different for him. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he has had good runs. You know, I said at the top of the show, that defeat at Celtic Park, very narrow, 3-2, could have gone in another direction. Uh, that's his first league defeat since coming in before Christmas. So he has done a lot of good work here. But, as you say, if this 12-point gap were to become 15 or even worse before the end of the season, and if he was to lose that semi-final at Hamden two weeks tomorrow, then the honeymoon period would most definitely be over for Michael Beale, and the next season wouldn't maybe look as good as he would like it to look. Such is the unequal nature of our footballing landscape, Roger. You, you always find yourself trying to make the case for the underdog. You know, you look at reasons that they might be able to to do something, but I wonder if St Mirren are or have as, as good a chance maybe even a better chance than, than any of the others right now of, of going somewhere like Ibrox and frustrating Rangers well I'll make the case for them right now because I saw them for Super Scoreboard seven days ago at Tynecastle they were terrific they won the game 2-0 they could have won the game by more Curtis Main is reborn this is a season of strikers in the Scottish Premiership Gordon Kyogo Furuhashi 28 goals but, but look around look what Kevin Van Veen's done for your team Motherwell look what Duke and Boyan Majowski 35 goals between them for Aberdeen look at the influence of Stephen Fletcher for Dundee United last week and it's in Mirren the man in red hot form is Curtis Main. He terrorised Kai Rolls at Tynecastle last week, and he will fancy getting in among John Souter and Ben Davis, who, well though they did at times at Celtic Park, were both culpable for costly mistakes seven days ago. So, with Tony Watt at his side, I think Curtis Main will be a handful for Rangers today. One thing I would say though, I think St Myrna will miss Keanu Bacchus. Um, I can only assume it's an injury or an illness. There was no suggestion yesterday that he was going to miss the game, but he is absent from the squad altogether and his energy in that midfield along with O'Hara and Gogic has been crucial for St Myrna. Yeah, Kai Rolls is not having a particularly comfortable afternoon today either, but we'll maybe get to that a bit later on. Uh, and, and Roger, are we still at the stage where everything is, is coming into the minds of the Rangers fans? You know, the wider picture. I'm not saying they're coming up to the ground today and thinking about Ross Wilson but it is that sort of transitional period you wonder what happens next in that department does do the Rangers replace it like for like do they go without a sporting director 
I guess if one of the the signings that hasn't worked under Ross Wilson has a bad game, Rangers fans will you know mention the recruitment that sort of thing. So it does feel like there's a lot going on there between fans and board. I would agree with that, but I would say that the trading model that Rangers are trying to promote here. I think that demands a sporting director. Um, Michael Bale was speaking at the end of the week there, saying he's happy to fill the void just now. Um, there's not too long to go to the end of the season, and he was quite bullish that a lot of the, the summer plans are already in place and are just waiting to be executed. So he feels he can do the job in the short term. But I, I think, you know, nowadays, Gordon, I think clubs the size of Rangers probably need someone in that buffer role between manager and board, whether you call them director of football, whether you call them sporting director whatever you want to title them I think nowadays a club the size of Rangers needs someone in that role just to pull everything together, the incoming players, just as importantly the outgoing players as well uh, and I think Rangers will look in the summer to find a permanent replacement for Ross Wilson. Let's hear from Michael Beal and Stephen Robinson Stephen's uh, done a very, very good job. It's, it's interesting. We've played 21 domestic games and I haven't played against St Mirren yet, which is obviously um, something with the schedule. It was obviously the last game before the World Cup break, before I came in. I think they're three points off a of third place and the European money there. There's a, a fantastic battle in the division at the moment. We're entering into the last seven league games where obviously naturally with a split, but I'm assuming Aberdeen and St Mirren will make the top six as well. We've got seven games against teams around us and I think there's everything to play for for some of those clubs for uh, that European place. We can see what it did for Hearts financially this year and the other clubs will be very aware of that. So Stephen's done a good job. I think he'll make things really difficult for us. Yeah, I think we got punished by very good players, you know, and both times we've gone to face Celtic or Rangers. Um, we've done well in large, large parts of the game. We've competed in large parts of the game, which is a testament to the players. And as I said, we've got punished by quality, quality finishing. You know, we must limit them chances. And every time we go, we have been. We've been very brave on the ball, been very disciplined and aggressive with our, our defensive setup. And we have to go and do the same again. And, you know, we've we've gone to Hearts. We've beat them. We've beat Celtic. We've beat Hibs. Um, we've beat everybody in, in and around the, the top six. So there's no reason why we can't go and get a result at Ibrox. Looking forward to that one. There can't be many places you'd rather be on a Saturday afternoon in the sun than Fir Park. David Fields looking forward to Motherwell Dundee United. Yeah, Gordon, it's a pleasure to be here in this weather. Lanarkshire Riviera and I need to give a special mention to the Motherwell groundsman. You know, he does get a lot of plaudits, but this pitch is looking absolutely immaculate. If you can't play football in this, you'd be as well retired. It is pristine. It was always going to be a big game this one, especially for the United, but I think it's fair to say Aberdeen's win over Ross County last night is cranked up a notch again. Jim Goodwin's side obviously start the day bottom, but they now have the chance to go above County, who are on 27 points, so they'd go a point above them, and they would actually join Kilmarnock on 28 points if they can win here. They'd actually go 10th with a win due to their superior goal difference, although that's currently minus 25, so I'm not sure superior is the right word there. United really went away and getting one at third part's obviously going to be easier said than done. The top six looks to be out of Motherwell's reach right now, I think it is, but they're still on an incredible run. They've got five wins in a draw the last seven games. Only Rangers have beaten them under new boss Stuart Kettlewell, so they're going really, really well. And you can bet every Motherwell fan and also myself will be coming here today expecting to see the latest episode of the Kevin Van Dien Show. Dutch striker, the form of his life, seven goals in his last four games. He's now got 22 for the season. I saw James McFadden, the Motherwell legend, this week tipping him to hit 34 this season and he's obviously going to be the main man again today. As I say, Stuart Kettlewell, going great guns. 
Stuck with, sticking with the same team, sorry for the third successive game. Callum Butcher come off injured last week, but is going to be okay. So it's a 3 4 1 2 formation. Liam Kelly in goals, Paul McGinn, Callum Butcher, and Dan Casey at the back. Max Johnson, Sean Goss, Dean Cornelius, and James Furlong across the middle with Blair Spittle in behind Mikael Mandron and Kevin Van Veen. Subs for Motherwell are Oxborough, O'Donnell, Lamy, McGabby, Slattery, Aitchison, McKinstry, Blaney, and Payton. As for United, they had gone 11 games without a win, but they finally broke that last week when they beat Hibs 2-1, Jimmy McGrath's last-minute penalty. That obviously ended that horrible record. Jim Goodwin's vowed to attack. You know his draws aren't any good. But with just one win from 15 on the road all season, they really need to up their game on their travels. Jim has just made one change from the Hibs win. Ilmari Niskanen comes in for Kai Fordham. So it looks like a 3-4-3 formation for United. Mark Birgitte in goals. Wakayina, Charlie McGrath, Scott McMahon at the back. Middle four of Kieran Freeman, Craig Sibold, Ian Hartson, and Aziz Behic with Ilmari Niskanen and Jamie McGrath either side of captain Stephen Fletcher. Subs for United are Newman, Sadat, Graham, Fordham, June, Kujo, Edwards, Thompson and McLeod. The referee is Nick Walsh and the EAR at the part is Colin Stephen. Yes, looking forward to that one. Let's get the thoughts of the guys in the studio. Well, Dundee United, uh, as David has pointed out, have a great chance. But at the moment, you're talking about a Motherwell team because <laughs> of Van Veen and also because of the manager uh, who are in the ascendancy. When Stuart Kettlewell took over at Motherwell on an interim basis, Dundee United and Motherwell were separated only by goal difference in Motherwell's favour. Now there are 11 points between them and that's down to Van Veen's goals and the astute management of Stuart Kettlewell. I just feel that the process will continue today and that Stuart Kettlewell will get the three points. Put it this way, if I was thinking about meeting Jim Goodwin for a drink later on tonight, I'm not sure he would turn up if he lost. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think Dundee United are improved under Jim. Not improved as much as Motherwell have under Stuart Kettlewell Like you rightly points out But Jim came in, steadied the ship Couple of draws early on And then that win last week was crucial Because Ross County won the way at St Johnson last week Put a little gap there So huge pressure on those players Granted the Hibs game and they got a result I just wonder what that will do confidence wise I don't know, I've got a sneaky feeling That United might get something today at Fur Park I think United are a, a dangerous animal today I do Uh I sort of agree with what Mark's saying, but I think you can only say they've improved under Jim Goodwin if they can get off the bottom of the league. Now, this is a great opportunity this afternoon, but Hugh makes a great case for Motherwell. They're in great form. Van Veen's hitting the back in it for fun. They're playing with good confidence. They're at home. Be a big crowd there today. I think that'll be a cracker. What type of animal would you say Dundee United are? <sighs> specifically? Um, Fozzy bear. Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll line today. You Silver know. Fox in charge, certainly. Yeah. Silver Fox with the line. The line's wrote. on the badge, isn't it? Yeah. I'm over a minute with that. Uh, just checking. Uh, anyway, on that note, let's go to the Tony Macaroni. Fraser Wishop's going to watch Livy St. Johnston. I am, uh, Gordon, and uh, both teams got a lot to play for here still at this stage of the season. Livy's still in the hunt for a top six place. St. Johnston still need a couple of results to put any chance of relegation or even for the second year running a playoff to bed. Lurie's form has dipped at a critical time in the season. Five defeats in the last seven. A couple of weeks ago they were in the top six but in the last two games they've been three down before half time in Paisley and at Motherwell and that gives you absolutely no chance of getting anything from the game. So I think David Martindale will be much happier they're back home today for what is a must win game. I think they have to win this one and next week at home to Dundee United before the split if they're going to get into the top six. I think if Hibs do hang on and win, goal difference means that even a draw today is probably not enough 
for Livingston. They've got a decent home record, seven wins, four draws in 16 games, but they've only scored 17 goals in those games. Anderson and Nubley top scored in six. And the next three are defenders, Kelly, Montana and Devlin, with four each. So they'll be looking for midfield players to chip in with a couple of goals today, if possible. But a few weeks ago, St Johnson looked safe. They'd won at Fir Park, they'd won at Tannadice. But since then, two points in five games means they're still looking over their shoulder as the teams below them have picked up wins. And last week's home defeat, I think in particular, would have annoyed uh, Callum Davison. They lost to Ross County at home. And that was a real chance to put distance between themselves and the bottom. And defeat means they're only five points between St Johnson and Ross County in that playoff place. And it just puts a wee bit of doubt, a wee bit of worry in the minds of the players. Away from home has actually been better for St Johnson and their home form not won at home since November so perhaps this style of play suits to being hard to beat and using the pace of the likes of May to go on the counter attack good one for Livy they've won both games against St Johnson this season I think this might be a physical one with few goals in the game at all for Livingston no surprise four changes after a couple of bad defeats Guthrie, Omionga, De Lucas and Penrice drop onto the bench Boys, Montana, Shinny and Anderson come in for a 4-3-3 formation, Shamal George in goals, Nicky Devlin, Jack Fitzwater, Morgan Boys, and Christian Montano at the back. In midfield, Stephen Kelly, Jason Holt and Andrew Shinney, with Stephen Bradley, Bruce Anderson and Joel Nubley up front. Jack Hamilton, Jimmy Brandon, Louis DeLuca, Stefan Omiongo, Sean Kelly, James Penrice, Scott Pittman, Dylan Bahambula and Curtis Guthrie are on the bench. Three changes for St Johnson after that poor result against Ross County. Brown, Wotherspoon and Rudden dropped to the bench with McPherson, Murphy and McLennan coming in. And a change of formation for St Johnson. It looks like a 4-2-3-1 rather than the usual 3-5-2. Remy Matthews in goals. Dre Wright, Ryan McGowan, Liam Gordon and Adam Montgomery at the back. Midfield Cameron McPherson and Dan Phillips with Jimmy Murphy, Melker Helberg, Conor McLennan behind Stevie May as the lone striker. Subs for St Johnson, Ross Sinclair, Alec Mitchell, Jason Brown, Tony Gallagher, David Wotherspoon, Theo Bear, John Moreland, Zach Rudden and Graham Carey. And the referee today at the Tony Macaroni is David Monroe and the VAR is Kevin Clancy. It's all heating up in the Edinburgh Derby but it's almost finished. We'll give you the full-time story next. Action as it happens. And your reaction from five on the open line. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Big games to come but one is already finished in the capital at Easter Road. How did it go, Andrew McLean? Hibs won, Hearts nil, the full-time score from Easter Road. And just listen to this around me. The celebrations here from the home fans just show you how huge a three points this is for Lee Johnson and his players. It also means it's a defeat for Stephen Naismith in his first game in interim charge of Hearts. It wasn't a game full of quality, really. There was a lot of battling, some big tackles, a good few yellow cards as well. The first real opening of the game came 18 minutes in, Hearts got into the Hibs box, Shankland unable to get a clear shot away, it broke for George Grant his close range effort was blocked though then a huge chance for Hibs, 24 minutes in, the ball breaking off George Grant into the path of Ewan, he was at an angle, close range, he fired it across Sander Clark who managed to get a leg in the way, it was a big save, Ewan probably should have done better though, another chance for him, two minutes later, he sent a shot over the bar from Kevin Nisbet's cut back 10 minutes before the break Andy Halliday had a really good headed chance at the back post from Barry Mackay's corner that was smothered by David Marshall a third chance for Ewan after the break a a fresh air swipe it was in the Hearts defence it saw the ball fall to the striker in the box but it was a tame effort really towards Xander Clark Hibs were creating the better openings though Nisbet and Cadden within a few minutes of each other both cutting in on their left foot curling a shot wide of the post they looked the most likely to open the scoring and it came from a set piece, a corner curled to the back post. There was Paul Hanlon to head it back across the face of goal. And Kevin Nisbet volleyed high into the net. 
for the opener and what proved to be the winner in this game as well. The Hibs players still walking around the Easter Road pitch, taking in the atmosphere, the fans. It's a good few minutes after the full-time whistle. They're all still here. They're singing Sunshine on Leaf. They've got their scarves up. It feels like a huge day for Hibs. They're now in a strong position to seal a top six spot. Well, Hearts, well, they're now five points adrift of Aberdeen in third place. The full-time score here at Easter Road is Hibs 1, Hearts 0. Got to be one of, if not the best anthem in Scottish football. I'm tempted to just sit and listen to that all afternoon, Hugh Evans. Sunshine on Leaf. Hibs proclaim themselves to be the kings of the capital for the day. It shows you the combative nature of derby football in this country. This is Hibs' first win in five football matches and the crowd and the players are celebrating as if they had won the league. But if it's sunshine on leaf, it's grim in Gorgie because this is six defeats on a row, four hearts, and that is bad news for them. The season has gone pear-shaped. They're five points behind Aberdeen. Aberdeen are in pole position to get that third place and the European money that goes with it. No bounce following the interim appointment of Stephen Naismith as the Hearts manager. They, I thought they went down in a feeble fashion. Hibs deserved to win. They had the bulk of the chances. They squandered many of them. But the goal from Nisbet was a beauty And to him <coughs> The spoils To Hearts The worry Yeah I mean Fraser Wishart I know you've got Livy St Johnston on your mind But this was going to be a huge game No matter the outcome wasn't it Yeah it was I mean Hearts have just gone, just imploded You know I mean I think the decision to, to get rid of Robbie Nielsen Is a very very strange one It just shows you That in, in football you know You're half a dozen weeks away from from losing your job no matter what you've done for, for the club you know I thought it was a very very strange one as was just appointing Stephen Naismith on a temporary basis if they want to give him it give him it but uh, you need to get somebody in quite quickly and if, if it's, it just seems to be drifting and even for Lee Johnson as you were saying there you know the fans and the players are celebrating as if they won the league if, if Lee Johnson had lost this one and say Libby had, had won all of a sudden he's, he's in, under real pressure as well for his job so <laughs> those are the fine lines at football clubs Hibs will enjoy their, their day in the sun but for Hearts goodness me such a strong squad and such a good team Things the wheels have just come off in the last few weeks and now they're in real danger of not even finishing in third place which is which is what Andrew McKinley said uh, was the absolute minimum I mean it does show you the fine margins in football Mark and Gordon I mean I think Hearts had 67% possession it was a similar number of shots on goal a similar number of shots on target um, at the same time I feel Hibs probably deserved it on yeah. the second half showing don't get me wrong but at this stage in the season, you sometimes need things to go your way and it's a terrible run continuing for Hearts. Yeah, I I, I don't know what the lads are thinking and I heard uh, the lad on the other night, the Hearts supporter, putting a lot of, a, a good case out there for why the party company were Rob Nielsen. I'm different. I would have, at this stage of the season, where they were, yes, they were in a real bad run, I would have stuck with Robin Nielsen to the end of the season and hoped to see it out. Uh, he could have turned the corner mm-hmm. This In this league That one win Gives you the confidence You get Ross County next week It could have it could have been the bounce for him To go and win games But they decided to gamble They put in an a interim manager Who's never been a manager He's been coach And obviously he's set up In the Scotland set up as well I just think It was too big a risk for me uh, Now it may pay Because they've got Ross County next week You'd expect Well would you expect them to get Not three points? Form. No, exactly. But 
I think that was a mistake from Hearts. I really do. I think I'm, I'm with you it. in this one because if you're going to get rid of him, you have this game coming up today, a week later, and you've got a manager who seemed to have the number of hubs, Robbie Nielsen, especially this season. Didn't, and have, didn't have a great record at Easter Road, but but generally, I, I take your point. Yeah, they didn't. No one in the last game three 0 Easter yeah, Road. But yeah, I mean before that, it was a stick that but used to. So why not give him this one chance? If they lose today, then it's an easier decision. But also, they left themselves yeah. so but open. Could can you imagine? Because the hindsight's great. Can you imagine Hearts lose that today with Robbie Nielsen still in charge? Of course, because uh, the Hearts uh, fans will be they'll be upset and they'll be frustrated tonight. But they won't be angry in that regard. But I, mean, but you, I, you, I, I, I wonder think to what extent they they bowed to crowd pressure because. But you'd be talking fans outside Tynecastle if yeah. they lost that with Robbie yeah. Nielsen in charge, though, wouldn't you? So that's I, is that maybe why it had to happen? I'm not concerning myself with the, the the offensive message that was daubed on the club's crest outside the ground, but I the noise last weekend when St Mirren won two 0 at Tynecastle, the noise at time up. I said at the time was venomous, and I think Anne Budge and Andrew McKinley have got together and thought. If we lose under Robbie Nielsen to Hibbs, this place will explode. Yeah, and basically I think got and bowed to the, the supporters. Hugh, there's nah, no, listen, they have. They, 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 for me, they have. Well, for a start, though, you're a fan-owned club, so you, it would be yeah. nice to take the temperature of those that, that sort of you know yeah, fund I, I, the place. I totally but also, that, but they could have. They could they, have. No, put, they, had, they had to finish third, and they've looked at that run of form and thought this, whatever it is, the current setup, we're not finishing third. Right. It's just only, a gamble, in my, isn't it? only in my opinion, and I know I can be shot down in flames because of the recent results with Robin Nielsen. I think Hearts mm. have had a better chance of finishing third, sticking with the manager. I totally take on board what you're saying about there'd be such an uproar. If that was the case, they could have pulled the trigger today. If he'd have went to Hibs today, an experienced manager, knows this fixture inside out, I'm not having a go but, at Naismith. But, but after fair, five defeats no, in a row, nothing listen, you can turn no, corners of five also, defeats. Also, it's, so easy, it's so easy after the game now to say, oh, Robbie Nielsen might have done better. Yeah. Than that. There was nothing but, but, in that game, really. Yeah, but I, I keep going back to, I mean, it's an opinion. Do, isn't it? If you would, if you'd asked me if I was sitting at the top at Hearts, I'd have stuck with Robbie mm. Nielsen just now. I mean... The worry for Hearts, Gordon, is that the the final game before the split, they could be overtaken by Hibs, which would be a disaster, and even St Mirren could overtake them. So the the worry for Stephen Naismith, who has a seven-game audition, the first game's been lost. If the second game's lost, he's in bother as well. I mean, David Friel, I've always started, started to learn recently, I think, just how important they... They view the head-to-head record between the sides. It's almost another league within a league, isn't it? You could almost go as far as to say, if you take all, you know, this season's different, third place and all the money. If you offered a, a Hearts fan or a Hibs fan, you would finish one place below the other, but you would win all the derbies. I think they would maybe take that option. So there'll be a huge reaction to this one. Yeah, they maybe would, Gordon. Maybe that holds the clubs back, where it's always, you know, are you one up on the other club in the city? Um, but to talk about Hearts, I just can't believe the implosion and the level of the implosion. I'm actually looking at the league table the day Aberdeen lost 6-0 to Hibs. Aberdeen were nine points behind Hearts, having played a game more. Ten games later, they're five points ahead. I mean, it's incredible. You know, it's the Grand National today. They've done a Devon lock. They've basically thrown it away, and I think it's just complacency. You can talk about Robbie Nielsen, you can talk about anything, but I think they thought they were home and hose back then. Only Livingston were close to them, and that was seven points. They've just completely chucked it away, and this is going to be a costly collapse as well. Andrew McKinley said during the week it's £6 million um, at stake here, and I think Aberdeen are going to walk away with it. Yeah, I was going to say the other side of it, 
Roger Hanna is maybe we should really now celebrate this or you know promote this race for third because it comes with a six million pound prize. You you look at Aberdeen Hearts and maybe even some others in, in there as well. Given the the results today, St Mirren and Hibs might fancy it. Um, it. It could be quite something. But as David says, it is now a five point gap Aberdeen have got. Yeah, and it'll be quite something if the team that lost to Darville in the Scottish Cup goes away with £6 million. Wouldn't be surprised with Mick Kennedy in the phone asking for some of it, having beaten Aberdeen 1-0 in the Cup. Um, I'm not sure what it says about the teams who are distantly below Celtic and Rangers in the league, but it certainly is exciting, I'll, I'll give you that. And Barry Robson has done a terrific job at Aberdeen, I think, last night. Six consecutive wins, the first time they've done it in over six years. Five clean sheets out the six. I think seven wins out of nine. They are the form team in Duke and Mayovsky. They have got strikers who have got 35 goals between them this season. And they deserve to where they are. They deserve to be third. But, you know, if, if St Mirren were to get something at Ibrox this afternoon, they're very much in the in the push for Europe as well. And could you rule out Hibernian after the, the shot in the arm they'll get from that Kevin Nisbet winner in the derby this afternoon? Yeah, that race for third is going to be quite something. We'll go back around the grounds next. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Just over 15 minutes away from the 3 o'clock kickoffs. Three big games to look forward to. Rangers, St Mirren, Livy, St Johnston, Motherwell, Dundee, United. There was a big win for Aberdeen in Dingwall last night and Hibs have won the Edinburgh Derby by a goal to nil. That really shakes things up in the battle for third. It's very much advantage Aberdeen, but you look at the race, the top six, maybe not much left in that. It could almost be sewn up pretty soon, but the battle for Europe is going to be Sensational Let's go back uh, Around some of the other grounds Motherwell against Dundee United uh, David I'm always fascinated A bit by psychology At this time of the year Because Motherwell Have done brilliantly Recent form would Absolutely point to them Being favourites I just wonder if Dundee United's Greater need Or greater cause Today comes into it at all I'm, I'm not so sure I, I do think United Will have a go Gordon You know Jim Goodwin As I said earlier on He has been pretty Direct And he's saying that Draws aren't any good They will come and have a go But I think Motherwell You know I, I think under Stuart Kettlewell We just You know t- To borrow a Gordon DL phrase Would be a different animal um, And I don't think The players will want To let that go And I don't think They'll let their standards Drop at all And I know Stuart being the type of manager is won't allow that as well and I just think that when you're in that rhythm of playing well winning games scoring goals you know I, th- I think on a day like today where the pitch is perfect the weather's perfect you know, I think that brings out the best in players so I don't see a drop as well there's no doubt this game will mean more in terms of the table to the United but you know, I think Motherwell will go hammer and tongs at it again today as well as we were saying earlier with Kevin Van Bean in the form he's in you know you wouldn't bet against him winning Let's hear from the managers then in that one Stuart Kettlewell certainly They've been on a poor run, but I think that that will give them a real lift and it'll give them um, a major incentive for what comes uh, in the remainder of the season. So we know it's going to be a real difficult game and we know that we now go up against a team that have got their tails up and and probably playing with 20-30% more confidence than what they had previously. So it's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be a a, a tough game. You know, when you, you play against teams that are at the bottom end of the table and they're fighting for their life I think it can make it um, so much more challenging um, and that's what I expect and that's what the players will expect on Saturday I mean it is only one win away from home all season for Dundee United David but the, I mean the incentive is, is quite obvious win today uh, and they actually get into 
10th place don't they because they've got a superior goal difference already uh, over Kilmarnock so not only would Ross County uh, be rooted after that defeat last night but just psychologically they wouldn't even be in the, the playoff place if they could go and win it for a park and that would be that is Jim Goodwin will be desperate for that Gordon for the psychological reasons you're talking about you know after everything United have been through in the last few months and just that horrible you know winless run they were on it's just by really a big step forward but I think the away thing is a big thing you know you can talk all you want about you know we're going to survive we're going to survive but if you're only winning one away game out of 15 it's going to be very very difficult I think Kilmarnock in a similar boat you know horrendous away record and you need to start picking points up on the road as I said they'll come here they'll attack Jamie McGrath Stephen Fletcher they've got players that can go and cause problems um, but Motherwell do as well so I th- I'm expecting an open game I'm expecting goals up at both ends but I just still think Motherwell might edge it it's a fascinating one Mark I feel like the, the, the three teams that are down there they fall into kind of different cliched categories people say that Kelly could stay up because of their home form and they've got, they've got that going for them um, I think Ross County feel like they've got an experienced manager and they're very well organised and actually they they perform quite well week to week so you think that's what the, that's the feather in their cap and for Dundee United it's always been ah, they're the ones with the good players mm, so to yeah. speak you know whatever that may mean but you, you can kind of get it reputationally or on paper or whatever it's the thing that's meant to save Dundee United when's it going to kick in? Well obviously Jim will be hoping it's, it's sometime soon I think we, we saw a glimpse of it last week against Hibs you see Stephen Fletcher and how huge he's been to probably keep Dundee United in touch with Ross County and Kilmarnock and he had a big performance last week he's going to be crucial leading the line being that focal point and being an out and out goal scorer for them but Jamie McGrath uh, we're mentioning the same two players because they are standouts um, he has to perform as well if they're going to get out of this and of course at the back well I read a piece today Charlo McGrew saying that he's taking a back step from coaching um, just to concentrate on the football so uh, these guys are going to be crucial experienced campaigners who know their way about the leagues but have to perform in these last six games I mean I have to say Fraser Wisher the result at Easter Road has not done Livy any favours for their hope to make top six it's actually looking quite unlikely I was going to ask above all are they the team that really really could be doing with it it's constant reminders now from David Martindale about the budget and the financial picture going forward, we all know the cash incentive, you know, extra games against the old firm, etc., that comes with finishing top six. So that'll be a real blow to them if they can't manage it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think they need to win this game. If they win, they've got a chance because uh, you know if some of them don't pick up anything at uh, Ibrox, then some of them are still in the mix for maybe dropping out as well. So I, th- I think a win, a draw is not good enough. But uh, you're absolutely spot on, David Martin. They're talking about finances. This week, I think the difference in just purely in prize money between sixth and seventh might be 150, 200,000. Maybe not seem a lot in the grand scheme of things, but when, when you're talking to David Martindale and he's talking about dropping 400,000 out of his budget, that's a, that's a lot of money for them. And you're spot on. It's, it's not just the old time. I was looking at their, their, their actual their attendances for, for this season, and they tend to get around about 1,500 to 2,000. You know, when St Johnson come here, when St Nunn come, Mother will come. That goes up hugely, and of course, because they're close to Edinburgh. When Hearts and Hibs come, it goes up to about six to seven. So if you've got a couple of games against the Old Firm or against uh, um, Hearts or Hibs as well, it's huge. It brings in huge amounts of money and can be the difference between his budget dropping and not. And of course, the, the incentive on then maybe getting into to Europe for next season. But uh, I, I just got a feeling it's not going to happen for, for Livingston. I, I don't think they'll win today. I think it's going to be a draw. Hard fought, not much goal. Maybe one one. 
but I just think they're going to fall short again, which is no slur in them because you know the, the players have done fantastically well. They do have a small budget, a small crowd, but it'll be a real disappointment, I think, for, for them, given the fact that a couple of weeks ago they were in the top six and they've just hit the, hit the, hit the, the poor form at the wrong time. And again, because it's all these, it's all the if but scenarios. It's the as things stand time of the season. If you are Callum Davidson, who a week ago says you know very much in a relegation dogfight, everybody expects Kilmarnock to lose against Celtic tomorrow. So if St Johnson can win this, are they safe? Almost. I think. I think a lot depends also on St Johnston. Um, uh, sorry, on Dundee United today. You know, uh, if, if they win, then all of a sudden everybody's back there. I think if you get to 36, 37 points, and St Johnston at 32, then then they're pretty much safe. I was surprised at Callum making those comments. I know he's he's disappointed after the game and he's lost to Ross County, but that kind of comment gets into the players' minds as well and gets into everybody around the club, and people begin to think, "Oh, we are in a, in a dogfight here." Whereas they're, they're on the fringes of it, uh, and they'll turn another two or three defeats in a row, and, and they are right in it. But I don't think St Johnston are in great danger of finishing in the bottom two places. And I think they've got a point today. And uh, but if Dundee United win, then all of a sudden the, you know the gap between bottom and St Johnston just closes as well. So a couple of results in St Johnston will be safe. I think they'll be okay over the piece. Well, sometimes I think you have to draw a diagram for players. You have to point out that you've been sleepwalking towards the position that you're in now, as uh, Stephen Naismith tried to do with Hearts earlier in the week when he took over. He said that these guys have been coasting. And things need to change. It did not work for him today. It had better work for Callum Davidson at Livingston. Otherwise, they will go into the final game before the split against a buoyant Hibs, not having won at McDermott Park, not having won on their own ground for four and a half months. I think if St Johnston won today, I'd safely say that they're okay. And then it'd be a three... Horse race down at the bottom there, Kilmarnock. I see what you did because it's the Grand, Grand National. National I'm today. just Brilliant. promoting everything yeah, today. Good on you. Um, but I think it's exciting. Uh, I, I I disagree with uh, Fraser. I think Fraser will get an absolute cracker this afternoon. Plenty of goals. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the shade, frozen. Um, but I oh, think that I think the Livingston will win it. I really do. I've got a feeling for Livingston. Do you think this is Beecher's Brooklyn for St Johnson? <laughs> Tell yeah. me you're at least getting a bit of sun, Fraser. No. No, not at all. <laughs> you, you, I've, I, I've got the scarf, the bonnet, and, oh. the, and the gloves on. That oh. I usually have in the winter time. It might be sunny in Clyde Bank, looking oh. at that windy. Oh, it but it's, uh, there's a nice wee cool breeze always hits you here at Livy in the, the press box. Can't beat it. Anyway, we'll go back to Ibrooks for kickoff next. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Just a few minutes away from kickoff across the country in the three o'clock games. Let's go back to Ibrooks, get a recap of those teams with Roger Hanna. Celtic Park seems a long time ago for Rangers. They've had more than a week, Gordon, to stew in the pain of that old firm defeat. They'll be determined to bounce back and make a statement today with just two weeks to go until a rematch with Celtic at Hamden in a Scottish Cup semi-final. Two enforced changes for Michael Beale this afternoon. No Ryan Jack and no Ryan Kent among ten First team players missing this afternoon. In come John Lundstrom and Fashion Sakala. Rangers have four teenagers on the bench. They go Alan McGregor in goal. It's James Tavernier, John Souter, Ben Davis and Borna Barisic across the back. John Lundstrom and Nico Raskan in midfield. Then Todd Cantwell, Malik Tillman and Fashion Sakala behind Alfredo Morelos. On the bench, McLaughlin, Haji, Matondo, Kamara, Arfield, King, 19-year-old Ross McCausland, 19-year-old Aaron Leyland, 16-year-old 
Bailey Rice all hoping for action this afternoon. Never mind those Rangers kids, even James Tavernier was only three weeks old when St Mirren last won here at Ibrox back in November 1991. They'll be desperate to change that statistic this afternoon. They too have made two changes as they seek to close in Aberdeen third place and that's six million pound European jackpot. Out go Keanu Bacchus and Terry Small. In come Greg Kilty and Scott Sanzer this afternoon. So it's Trevor Carlson goal of back three. Marcus Fraser, Joe Shaughnessy and Charles Dunn. Across the middle, Ryan Strain, Greg Kilty, Alec Gogic, Mark O'Hara and Scott Sanzer. And up top, Curtis Main and Tony Watt on the bench are Minsky, Taylor, Gallagher, Small, Flynn, Boyd Munz, Offord, Jameson and Grieve. Our referee is Stephen McLean. The bar is Andrew Dallas. And we're just waiting in the teams to take to the playing surface, Gordon. Yeah, I mean, Roger, everyone knows, I think, that the league is, is pretty much done. But it, that won't really alter the expectation level from these Rangers fans today, will it? Absolutely not. And, and there's a three-pronged ambition for the end of the season. They want to successfully defend the Scottish Cup that they fought so hard to win last season. They want to cut the gap on Celtic to single digits again and of course they want to beat Celtic here after the split Yeah and I mean I envisaged today Roger Hanna if you like a chance for some players to come and show what they can do but I'm not sure that really applies to too many um, because it's a familiar looking lineup, despite the injuries John Lundstrom maybe was he in danger of becoming the forgotten man, he's had a bit of criticism from Rangers fans, and then maybe John Souter in the absence of Conor Goldson. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a dreadful season for John Souter, it's been well documented. He came back in for only his second start in the Rangers jersey last week, performed well, but still made that error with the back pass that allowed Jota to score for Celtic. A big day for him alongside Ben Davis, because if they are the pairing that's going to face Celtic in the semi final two weeks tomorrow, they will have to get some experience of playing next to each other. Lundstrom, you wonder about Lundstrom, he is no longer the first pick that he was under Stephen Gerrard, I think Raskin and Jack together are very much Michael Beals preferred pairing at the base of the midfield, but he is still ahead of Glenn Kamara, he is still ahead of the likes of Scott Arfield for a jersey in there, so if he wants to regain first choice status, this is exactly the opportunity he needs to grab in the absence of Ryan Jack. Almost showtime then, how do you see it going? Uh, St Mirren not a great record they're playing really well just now I, I just think the Angels will want to make a statement after the disappointment of Celtic Park I think that'll be narrow but I may go 2-1 Rangers Clyde One Super Scoreboard Goal Flashes with Clyde Built Home Improvements Buy now Pay nothing till 2024 and just like that, we have it. Showtime in the three o'clock games already. Hibs won, Hearts nil, finished in the capital already last night. Aberdeen beating Ross County in Dingwall. It is the business end of the season. Every kick of the ball matters. What are you expecting this afternoon, Hugh Evans? St Mirren will strive with every fibre of their being to get the first win at Ibrook since 1991. And then they'll lose. Motherwell <laughs> will beat Dundee United. And... Livy St Johnston will draw Did you not just go for a draw Five, ten minutes ago? No, no, no I said that there was potential there Oh, right, okay But I agree with my learned friend He yeah. did For yeah. the life of me I can't see Rangers losing This one after last week As well as St Mirren Have been doing this season I think they will win Rangers At home um, I'll go a draw Dundee United Motherwell I think Jim Goodwin's side Will get something And Livy will beat St Johnston to make it an even more difficult time for Calm Davidson. Surprising, I've went probably the same Rangers draw at Fir Park. 
Um, and I fancy Fraser to have game of the day. Livingston to beat St Johnston. I think I'll be a cracker. Strap yourselves in then, let's see how we get on in these three o'clock games and then of course it will be over to you on the open line when it's all said and done. I, I've been meaning to correct you all for about an hour now, but oh. so the, da- the damage is probably done because people are in the stadium by now. Um, but I think one of you picked up Roger Hanna wrong and then you sort of all ran with it. It's 12 years without a point for St Mirren, not a goal. They have they have scored at Ibrox in that time. It's 12 years without mm. a point. I and, kept and quiet. To be I fair, didn't Roger didn't make his shell. No, he did. Clear. No, he did. Do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of people picked up. Now I'm getting a lot of messages on my phone. And um, I must say, though, look, it's so much for us to focus on on the Premiership. But you look all throughout the country, Hugh Dunfermline can... Yep. win the league in League 1 the Palmerston Pepper very own Marvin Bartley's going to yeah. have to try and stop them well I spoke to a Dunfermline fan that you all know inside this building and he assures me that if Dunfermline come up they will be capable of winning the championship in the season wow. that comes thereafter uh, <laughs> he says that every year I know I know but, but he's a nice boy Stephen so we'll have to forgive him but uh, no it's a big day um, and I, I look forward to Dunfermline coming up. It's a great ground, a great club, terrific supporters, and they are a welcome addition to the championship. Yeah, a matter of time whether um, Marvin Bartley can make them wait or not. And then you look at that championship, Gordon Diel, Dundee in the driving mm. seat at home to Morton. They've not got a great record against Morton recently, but surely at home at a game you would imagine... They'll be heavy favourites. Partick Thistle probably left themselves too much to do, but again, you're fighting for playoff places. And not only that, to try and make sure you finish second to give mm-hmm. you the advantage going into the playoffs as well. Uh, I mean, down the bottom as well. Cove Rangers are struggling down there. So every single game in the Championship's a big one. I think there's some good games there. Uh, I think Dundee and Morton will be a very good game indeed. You'd imagine, we all fancy, you think Dundee to go on and clinch the Championship, Queen's Park good win last night against Hamilton who really struggling at the bottom I think it's a big day for Dick Campbell with Abroath if they can get something in my old stamping ground I think that will take them just out that worrying situation uh, Partick in air I think that'll be a cracker for Hill third and fourth two teams that can score goals be a cracker it looks like one of two will win it certainly that's Dundee and Queen's Park both level on points as things stand or am I looking at a table that isn't taken into account now that the games have kicked off there is every chance mm. it's always quite confusing at this time what about Sterling Albion Gordon can they win the league today or do, would they have to wait yeah, because they could have won it the other night they officially Barton. do it because that game got postponed so another step closer though um, both away from home are they Sterling Albion and Dumbarton today so yeah interesting all tired, through the league they? Oh, tired's one more time. Yeah, yeah, that pre season game against Aberdeen's just taking its toll now. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let's get your teaser up and running. Well, we've got our first goal in the championship, and it's a goal for Wraith Rovers. Wraith Rovers won or both nil. Scott Brown, not that one, has scored after three minutes. That tells me that the goals are going in early doors, so we need to get the teaser ready, Hugh. Okay. Shall we? Yep. The first half teaser With the scottishsun.co.uk Slash football For the best football news and opinion online Since the beginning of season 2022-23 And excluding lone players Five players have played for Scotland And played in both 
the Scottish Premiership and the Scottish Championship at some point in their career. So, since the beginning of the 22-23 season, and excluding loan players, five players have played for Scotland and played in both the Scottish Premiership and the Scottish Championship at some point in their career. Name them. We'll get back to that in a second. Penalty Rangers early on. Curtis Main for a trip on Nicholas Raskin. You know the rest. James Tavernier will take and we'll find out if he can dispatch 100 goals for the club now. It was actually Gogic, sorry, not Curtis Main who tripped Nicholas Raskin. It is not the start you want to make if you're Stephen Robinson. You want to go and frustrate and be hard to break down. They've given away a penalty inside the first four minutes. I'm not entirely sure he can have any complaints. Nicholas Raskin nips in. He's too sharp for him. Gogic is on his heels and trips him. Gogic is kind of hoping that it's outside mm. the box, but I don't, I don't think it is. And um, that's a, it's a grim start. Of course, Tavernier still has to score. Well, he scored the 50 penalties for Rangers uh, as part of the 100 goals. Uh, so that's St Mirren's afternoon over. Um, and they can <laughs> already. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't come back oh, from that. <laughs> Even if he scored it yet. <laughs> Ten minutes ago, you had the, the potential league I draw. Yeah, but that's the trouble with Four potential. Four games started. That's James the trouble Tavernier with potential. steps up, saved by Trevor Carson. Wow. Very good goalkeeper. We should know not to write him off completely. He has missed a few because he's taken so many, but he, he, he's usually pretty good. He's pretty clinical from there. But Trevor Carson. He's a decent sh- stopper on his day and he's saved it down to his right and denies James Tavernier. They better hang about for this afternoon then because <laughs> their afternoon isn't over. No. Yeah, wow. What a start to this game then. I don't think there, there was any. A VAR check. Are they going to wait to see if he's off his line? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, oh, or to see yeah. encroachment or something along those lines. Oh my, that's going to be extremely sore on St Mirren if this goes against them. Uh, you have to say Well that'd Oh be... play on Play on It is Rangers nil St Mirren nil Tavernier has a penalty Saved After just well, five minutes He scored the goal of the season Last week at Celtic Park With A, a free kick that, that the likes of which You will not see better All season long Or Any season to come uh, And yet He misses a penalty Right away mm. And that was the chance To really Upset St Mirren And make it An even longer afternoon But the goalkeeper was magnificent There's a big chance for you To improve as a human here Yeah You're always critical of goalkeepers mm-hmm. How good's that from Trevor Carson? Yeah, first I, I thought it was a poor penalty um, But You can't take anything away from the goalkeeper I think he reads it perfectly It's a good type for him um, There's no question that he's off his line he, he, he times it perfectly, Gordon And all credit goes to Trevor Carson But I'll go back to it Poor penalty I don't kick. think it was a particularly poor penalty kick oh, that was, I think it was, it was no pace it. Away from the There's goalies. no pace Listen, in that penalty If Carson, kick. Goes, if Carson goes the other way He's not saying that That is nestling in the side netting And everyone goes What a brilliant yeah. penalty Yeah, but my, per, my personal point in this is If Carson goes that way And it's a good penalty Still he ain't saving it So doesn't matter. No, it was a poor no, penalty. I'm giving, but no. I'm giving credit to the goal. You know, I think does. He, cho- he never does. Chooses his side. He goes early. I think there's nothing really wrong with a penalty, and the goalkeeper makes uh, a good listen, save. I'm saying good save. I'm. I'm. I'm he says I'm, it was a poor penalty. It was a poor penalty, and I'm sure James Tavernier will admit to that. <sighs> only, 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 in, only in the sense that every penalty that doesn't end up in the net is a poor one. That's not a particularly bad penalty. Come on. 
Do you not think that was a bad oh, penalty? I'd be disappointed with that. Yeah, because it doesn't go in. So no, I get, I get no, that, but come on. The Taverniers usually brilliant at whipping it right into the corner, right where they did. There's a little bit of height on that. It's not the same pace. Well, look at it. Them. Look, look, look. Well, hold look. on. You don't whip them along the ground, do you? You know what that is. I think there's pace in that penalty. No, 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 I, I, I think you've went early. Yeah. And you can't buy I'm, I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> sorry for you. I'm sting to my guns. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling guilty. Two against one. I'm quite happy. Roger Hannah's texting me. Yeah, Daz. No, agree it's, it's agree five hundred thousand to one. Well, everybody that's listening. No, I, I, I'd say that was a poor. Look, it was a good save. Think how much the odds save. are stacked against you as a goalkeeper. You know, we meant to save them. It's a 50-50 Can it be no, a good no, save? Yeah. It's not it's certainly a 50-50 You dive to the right <laughs> no, If you dive to no. the right okay. And the ball goes there okay. Right He saves it so, he... so one in two penalties Are saved across the world If he dives to Answer the right Answer my question right, Do you know what 50-50 the... means? Yes and So what one, I'm saying so to on. you is So that one, one in two penalties Are saved So answer my question It's very simple what? Across the world Are 50% of penalties saved? Um, no So it's not 50-50 Great I'm glad no, we cleared 50 that 50-50 for the goalkeeper Can I hear a good save And a bad penalty At the same time <laughs> Well what if he stands in the middle Well done Hugh I like he that He can stand in the middle well, But you said it was a good save So it can't be a good save And a bad I penalty I think it's a good save There you go I easy don't think it's Yeah <laughs> I, I think that's an easy save I actually admire your bravery Because having I'm, Having just incorrectly Used the phrase 50-50 You're now still going Which is fair enough No a goalkeeper will go 50-50 Right or I left like your, wouldn't I like Very seldom do they stand still They go right or left oh, I like that commitment be. And if they go right And it's a good penalty They ain't getting there No matter mm. how what, yeah. long they dive yeah. Still not yeah. what 50-50 means though Yeah Go yeah, one or way This is taking not. longer Than the Grand National though <laughs> Elgin won four for nil. It's that great goal getter, oh. Kane Hester. Oh, yeah, your man. Elgin. Right. You need to bring the coffee in next week. You don't have a. You don't have. Um, that was a wager. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. It's a big boost for Saint Man because mm. you're thinking, you go with a game plan, Tavernier, poor penalty, nil nil still. Yes, you know that's that's a reprieve for Saint Man. And for one smart, I don't think there's any. There are any complaints about the award. Gogic is probably hoping that it's outside the box, and it's close. But as we know, if it's on the line, then it's inside. I, I, I don't even think it's on the line. I think it's no. inside anyway. But you can quite clearly see from his teammates, they're not even <laughs> complaining. It was Gogic that was just hoping to convince the referee it was outside. He doesn't but, see him, does it? He? he gets caught. He's too yeah, busy concentrating yeah. the ball. Raskin comes in, sneaks and in. Very really sharp from Raskin. Yeah, very yeah, sharp. He's on to... Uh, it's, a, it's a clear penalty kick. You can't argue Saint with that. Mirren, whatever it is, a good penalty, bad penalty, good bad. save. We're level. Rangers nil, St Mirren nil. Uh, James Tavernier's penalty even... saved early on. Let's revisit that question, Hugh, because we, we didn't give it much attention. Just one one re- repeat of it, if you don't mind. Since the beginning of season 2022-23, and excluding lone players, five players have played for Scotland and played in both the Scottish Premiership and the Scottish Championship at some point in their career. Who are they? I like that. And you can see that question written down at Clyde SSB. So just just remember the wording because they've not got it. The, Hugh Evans has written it perfectly. So the appearances in the Scottish Premiership and the Championship can be at any point in their career, but they must have played for Scotland since the start of the 22-23 season. So that's recently. Oh no, that can't be right, is it? No, that sounds no. mixed up. Can you rephrase that question, please? Rephrase it or just say it? The way it was 
There's a lot of debate going on in the studio here. Oh, Grand National Day. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's one on. Because as soon as I said it, there's one on there that surely hasn't played for Scotland this season. No. Hugh. Oh no, hold on, no I, st- I stand corrected Producer Chris has shown me he's working Fine, it's me It's oh, all me like He's got his new haircut Because that's the difference That's knees. the difference between the two Gordons in here See when I make a mistake I'll just hold up my hands nah. I don't mind that Okay, so he's right Is he right? Apparently <laughs> Apparently No, <laughs> didn't he no, no, no I, I, it, The game in question There were some Injuries and so on mm. And this guy did Did play for Scotland I think. Oh, You need to get him on your music show He's not good at football He's he, He's, he's Showing me up there, he's, no. he's got it right. I've got it wrong. I don't mind admitting that. Who, That's who, fine. Who are you looking at there? Oh yes, who was he playing? Don't you read any of the answers out loud? Come on. Is it one right, one wrong? Me. Yeah, there you go. Rub it out. Mm. He's right. <laughs> That's the one I give you. Okay. 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 Hard work, honestly. Oh, I've got to come Hugh, in here on a Saturday. Hugh. Sorry, Hugh. The old Seagulls. It's Chelsea one, Brighton nil. Conor Gallagher with the goal. Mm. Watched a bit of Chelsea against Real Madrid through the week. I mean, no, a bit of an enigma because they could have been about two or three up in the first ten or fifteen minutes, and then once again they go backwards. Weird side at the minute is Chelsea. Um, I think Dundee United have started quite well. At for part, good chances down the left, no or a good attack, sorry, down the left. Um, it's Stephen Fletcher, usual source of danger. He had a header back across the goal, cleared away by Furlong. Um, so a decent start for Dundee United, which is exactly what they need. Hugh Keevens need a good start, middle and end to this one. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. It's Good for other people, but not for the managers of the respective clubs like uh, Ross County, Malcolm Mackay, Jim Goodman at Dundee United. Um, you know, it's not good for them. Derek McInnes playing Celtic tomorrow with Kilmarnock. Uh, it, and St. Johnson not yet out of the woods. That, that the, the, the bottom four, I'm not excluding St. Johnson, the bottom four makes for fascinating mm. viewing. Big goal in the Championship. Partick Thistle won air nil. Scott Tiffany, remember. There's only a point between those sides in favour of Thistle. So that is a real chance to try and and extend that advantage. I suppose the only thing, thinking about the, the, the scheduling of the playoffs, there's not loads of difference between finishing third and fourth. Oh. No, second's the one you want to get mm. to, isn't it? Uh, to try and give you one game. Surely the see. new manager bounced for Hill. You've got to show. Well, it's, it's more than a bounce now. It's yeah. been yeah. Yeah, quite got, some time. I, I'm delighted for Chris because he wasn't too good on the show, I remember. Uh, he's <laughs> been into management and been absolutely brilliant. I'm <laughs> <laughs> only kidding. A history of Scottish football and 100 objects has tweeted says, according to sports quotes and facts, there have been more than 100,000 spot kicks given since 2009. Roughly three quarters were scored. 17.5% saved 4% missed completely 3.5% hit the woodwork so he's, he's, he's agreeing with me is that what you're he's saying he's done um, you there he's agreeing with me there um, the next, the next. T- to conclude it's not 50-50 was I think mm. what he was getting at the, the, the next tweet will be how many did John beat an award mm. uh, Stephen Fletcher claiming for a penalty at the back post a bit of a tangle uh, when he was going for a cross but waved away there 
Um, Motherwell free kick And apparently now in Sean Goss range mm. We never used to refer to it as that um, Or Kevin Van Veen indeed But they both scored at Easter Road Even Callum Slattery banged one in Against Kilmarnock didn't he But Van Veen and Goss over the ball uh, but well, Van Two Veen's... weeks in a row would be tough No, 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 no Goss must be Oh no, in fact, was that Yeah, it was last week No? No, no, no Easter Road, that was the game before that, yeah? Yes, Livingston yes. last week. Because Van Veen's free kick wasn't... You've got to look at David Marshall, to be honest, but he still hits the back in it. Goss is more spectacular for me, so okay. he's a man for me. Mm, yeah, well, I, would, I would be letting him hit Depends that. Depends what side it is, though, doesn't it? So mm. Left footer, right footer. So we'll see if that comes to... St they're still in talks. They're in negotiations about who should take <laughs> the free kick. Who did the old rock, paper, scissors again? It was on a game live in TV. Uh, was it St. Right. Johnson? St. Johnson did yeah. it. Was it Graham Carey was part of uh, uh, it? I liked no? it though. I liked it. Mm. Sean Goss, over the bar. You went to see his brother the other night, didn't you? How was it? Oh, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrific. <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. How, how, how good is that to be famous? You go to a concert and you actually meet the person. <sighs> The guy was selling at Caesar's Palace for... 10 yeah, year in yeah. Vegas and next minute he's cutting a bit with my good self did, uh, did you not ask him why his dumped look his look out there I think he's at the picture at that was the a picture touchy subject there. I don't know why he'd bring him up yeah. so they were you, absolutely rotten anyway you came oh, oh, oh you they were good dagger to Mark come on they were good uh, you're in the 80s they were selling it everywhere yeah, yeah. so they were at the peak in the 80s you were born in 84 so were, were you the youngest 84. person there by a country <laughs> mile <laughs> I was married by the time he was I tell you what by the way they've got, it's got some fallen see some where, of the where fans. are you the youngest there by a mile aye, oh, aye without a doubt aye, aye, without a doubt and to this is so Thursday night Huey comes in you can so obvious mm. he's got a new haircut he's wearing <laughs> a black polo neck a wee well kind of grey yeah. jacket it's thing um, he's obviously not been home because he's still got the black uh, Pulling so, a thing on. No, it's a no, t-shirt. So he, he was clearly on his way out, but we discovered that um, the concert started way before Mark was going to get there, and he had front row seats. Oh! So I told the listening nation if anyone was going to watch out mm. for some idiot pushing his way into the front row halfway through. So did, did that indeed? No, you know what I did. I arrived just as the interval was coming. So I stood at the back and, and just I waited my did. chance. Not only are you so desperate to go and see some mm. musical act from before your time, you didn't even you missed yeah. half of it. Missed half the show. Yeah. I, and, and after after the show, he asked me what I thought of the show. <laughs> I loved the first half. <laughs> yeah, first half was smashing me. What song was your favourite? I wish you'd come back. Anyway, what right. was your best? It was bit? a bit of pressure. <laughs> was that what you expected? I said, "Oh no, way better. Way better." Is that what he was asking? Way better than what I expected. Nah, mate, I want my money back. Oh, I love that. Imagine I just said no. Nah, nah, wasn't very good. Yeah, Dundee are not oh. as interesting as Mark's story, but it is a big goal. Dundee nil, Morton one. Darrell O'Connor. In 17 minutes You have the feeling Throughout this championship That none of them Want to go and kick on And, and win it But um, Someone's going to have to And that would be a, a huge missed opportunity I did say Morton Have done fairly well Against Dundee In recent times And Dara O'Connor Has put them My ahead. horse in the National Has a jockey Whose first name is Dara as well So I, I, There we are That may mm. be an omen It may be a useless piece of info We'll find out Before the end of the afternoon What time is it again? Usually 5.15 like five, yeah. Aye Elgin have come flying out the traps. Elgin 2, 4 for nil. Aaron Reid with the goal. Casey's gone just wide from a spittle corner at Fir Park. Should have scored. Should have put the hosts in front. 
Um, so there we are. Okay. Tell you what, with that Dundee scoreline, imagine that stays like that. You're saying Thistle maybe left it too late. Would they not go three points mm. behind them then? If, if scores stay the same. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it just shows how tight that is up there. We are on Twitter all afternoon as always Miofsky Magic says Nothing said about the ridiculous VAR decisions Against the Dons last night Not a sending off And Miofsky goal It looked perfectly fine from what I've seen No offence Miofsky We just kind of have to disregard that second point Because we can't take that anywhere When when Hawkeye tells you it's offside mm. doesn't, And I mean this in the politest way it, Whether you think it looks fine There's just not a great deal of debate to be had there Because there's not much we can do about it What we can do is of a good old tear up about Graham Shinney sending off. Well, I said to you, and you explained the rule to me very well, but I still mm. think it's harsh. Yeah, I, I, I thought get he, that. he could have stayed on the park. He is a bit headstrong, Shinney, uh, but I thought it was harsh. I thought it was a red. Yeah, I doubt, I, look, uh, when I seen it at the beginning, I thinking, yeah, okay, he goes into a strong tackle there, the usual cliches, he wins the ball, it's a follow through. I think um, Shinny knows exactly what he's doing there, and I think that's that not even important. I, I don't even really like that phrase because it's, it's it's not relevant. I, I always say that to people. It's not about intent either way. Mm. But, it just isn't. Well, okay, I'll take it by. I, I think that is a red card. I think the referee called that hundred percent correct. So one each, Mark. You can be the decider. I will agree when a man to my left, which is Gordon Dale, I thought mm. it was a. I thought it was a red card Are you not as well. feeling hard done by if you're a player yes. though? If you make that tackle, you're yeah. Graham Shinney Are you feeling hard done by? Yeah, yeah because when you're getting into a tackle like that I, You know, the, the follow through is always going to be there you're, you're always going to come together with a player It's just where your studs land and how high it is And the referee has to take that into consideration I don't think Graham Shinney Of course you're saying about intent Means it, it's just natural what happens but the referee has to look Is that in danger in the opponent? And days gone by yes, that Yes it is in danger And days opponent. gone by that Would have been Classed as a Terrific tackle that, Of course I think but, Mark's, Mark's hit on the most Important point You don't you don't have to Agree with it But the most important point Really That you have to ask yourself So you can answer yes or no I'm not trying to force you Down a certain road Did that tackle Endanger the opponent? That's going to be The main question Who meant what, what How accidental it was Or this that Or the next thing is great for, for all of you lot as, as fans and for us as pundits to just sort of wax lyrical and moan about and you know if you've played Mark will say you know these things can happen by accident question is simple did the tackle endanger the opponent I think it did and that's a big point when the referee looks at it it certainly does it would certainly be hard to argue that it didn't is that fair yeah. but then I guess the people oh, would hold on a minute right hold on. can I play this twice Goal flashes with Clyde Built Home Improvements. I'll just do it once, but it's two for the price of one. Who else? Van I Veen. usually hate that cliche, but it's appropriate when it's Motherwell. Kevin Van Veen again. 1 0 to Motherwell at home to Dundee United. His first effort was saved, and then on the follow through, and also. Goal flashes. With Clyde Built Home Improvements Livy 1, St Johnston 0 That could be a big goal as well Joel Nubley with the goal there Livy really needed that And sorry, Palmerston Pep, Marvin Bartley Dunfermline are heading for the title Dunfermline 1, Queen of the South 0 But in our top flight 
Say something. Tell me something new. Give me some new praise for Kevin Van Veen that we've not heard before. I, I think the old praise will stand. You know, the guy is having a phenomenal run. He is uh, uh, on course for thirty goals. First Motherwell player to do it since the great Dixie Deans. Uh, and fair play to Stuart Kettlewell. At the same time, he, he has maintained the momentum that he created and has kept going. And Joel Nubley, I said to you. St Johnson are sleepwalking towards trouble and I know that's the score as it stands if it remains that way or oh, it gets worse Oh, they're checking for offside so you Where? might be right Oh uh, no Kevin Van Veen They always do, obviously for, for every goal gets checked Back pedal so. Hugh, just say, Hugh Just say he's on target mm. for 25 Take it back I, I, no, well, I'll, I'll just say VAR is ruining football <laughs> Not if he's offside, it's offside it's Or Jim Gooden They want to be ruining it exactly. But Dun- he wants him to be with Dixie Deans Can Dundee United get relegated On a, a goal that was offside When technology was available And you know you choose not to use it So um, even I I love that I, I hope this goal stands Obviously from my mm. personal perspective He's the top scoring Dutchman In world football oh. You like that? Oh, oh who's dug that stat David Friel Motherwell actually posted it's something about time. it No, Motherwell posted that a couple of weeks ago I think he was second or whatever But in terms of like kind of top leagues, professional leagues or whatever He's the top scoring Dutchman in world football That is brilliant research I've yeah, got Is he going to, to get say. a call up? Yeah, sure. yeah, I've got to say that's yeah, no, way, It's taken a while That doesn't tend to bode well But that's the kind of research that makes you think That person should get out more Even to a <laughs> Matt Goss concert <laughs> No, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean I agree with that for David generally But Motherwell did tweet something about it just a couple of weeks ago It was like mm. So it's not really David Fraley He's just stolen it for the tweet um, Yeah was it The research a tweet though so. Try to think who else was oh, on right. it Like Memphis Depay or something And guys like that on the on the list to be, Right, going back company. to the base here He's been absolutely brilliant This he, goal might not even stand you know, It doesn't matter still... It doesn't matter He's still been absolutely terrific And I'm sure Other players will be Looking at him for a vote Obviously Celtic Rangers mm-hmm. players Come in so the that's Celtic trouble. this season probably but someone outside Still waiting Duke Still Van waiting Veen. Oh Park. that's a long wait Hopefully there's not a problem With the old camera operator Again at Fur Park <laughs> See I told that you in the past, didn't we? VAR Rubbish Cut the grass Who cut the grass this morning? Goal There you are yeah. Best scoring Dutchman In the world Go of football Give, give him his vote For the player of the year Stuart Kettlewell Created the momentum And he's kept it going Unbelievable It's true what you say I mean Fraser Wishart Can tell you more about this Than me but There can be a scenario Where if, if, you're tr- if I get you all in a room All the pundits Or 50 people off the street And say Who's Celtic's player of the year You might say Hitati You might say Kyogo You might say Callum McGregor You know And it, it gets sort of split And it gets diluted Where When it's a kind of One standout from a team It sometimes does stick in your mind more Was there not a year Hold on I'll get back to that Because we've got a big goal Goal flashes With Clyde Built Home Improvements Missed a penalty earlier But Rangers are in front Tavernier's cross this time Good move from Rangers And finished off by Todd Cantwell Probably what Rangers were needing Not a great deal doing before that But he's been excellent in the start to this game And he's scored off the underside of the bar And it's Rangers 1 St Mirren 0 Todd Cantwell In a game like that Tends to shine I didn't think that he stood out in the game against Celtic last weekend. He's one of the players that has to rise to that particular occasion. But uh, I thought it was over when St Mirren conceded the penalty. It's definitely over now. (laughs) (laughs) Wait wait till VAR intervenes. I think Cantwell is becoming a fan's favourite. 
I, I think uh, he's settling in his Rangers career very, very well indeed. Decent player, getting goals. But uh, Hugh's right. When you come up from England and you come up with a reputation of being a real good player, it's a big, big games you've got to step up in. And he's still got plenty of time in that. Um, but so far, it's been a good start to his Rangers career. Especially at Ibrox. I think he's looked to spark, you know, that creativity that Rangers maybe have lacked sometimes when Kent's off the boil and Tillman's not quite there Cantwell's certainly injected something need to add goals to his game as well playing in that position he's done that today so yeah good start I'm with you in this one I'd, I, However, I know again, again it's not kicked off yet mm. so as always you need yeah. to take your You've little VAR well. check yeah. for something another free kick yeah. for Motherwell I mean Van Veen's demanding it now yeah. if Goss misses the first one that's you don't care where it is he's on for a hat trick possible now. offside in this Cantwell goal so we'll have to take a wee breath and then find out Jim Duffy's Clyde had gone one up on FC Edinburgh but Innes Murray has equalised with 29 going in that one Big Innes um <laughs> Don't want to get into the dressing room after him. <laughs> Certainly. Give <laughs> it ten minutes. Um, Falkirk one Airdrie nil. Kai Kennedy. That's an interesting one because although Dunfermline are going to win it, these sides look destined to meet in the playoffs. Montrose um, won Peter Headnell goal at Ibrooks. So no offside doing in that one. As you were. Well, five points between Falkirk and Airdrie, so that is a crucial goal. In terms of that, that would wrap that up if it stayed like that for Airdrie try to finish second and Fairman ran away with it right enough mm. uh, what are we thinking on this teaser Hugh if you could remind us well. of the question since the beginning of the 2022-23 season and excluding loan players five players have played for Scotland and played in both the Scottish Premiership and the Scottish Championship at some point in their career name them uh, okay, let's do some wrong answers to help you along the way then. I can see some of you giving it a good old go, um, which is much appreciated as always. Let's think about... Ooh, I mean, some good answers coming in. Some really good answers. A common wrong one, Laurie Finlayson's gone Barry Mackay. Not there. He's not been capped for Scotland in that time, I'm afraid. Uh, where are we? That looks like a good list as well. Kieran would like to throw in... John Souter oh. No, he's not there either okay. I had that one, Hugh Not not actually capped in that time, believe it or not Because he's had his um, So it's the start of this season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah 22, mm. 23, so yeah no, he's, not, he's, been, he's been out injured um, Greg's Gardens wants to mention Ryan Portis Nice of you to mention him, but he's not there <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Not doing so well now, are you? No, it's going then. I'm doing well. He thought I had them all. It's going back the way. Yeah, not great for you. He, where was he in loan? FC Edinburgh, Edinburgh City, as they were Cowden called. Beath as well. So I not think, in uh, the champion. And it might not even have been. No, other than that, yeah, he would tick the he would tick the boxes. And I'm um, sorry, no, because it excludes loan players. So oh. there we are. Because, for instance, I don't I don't mind telling you. I'll do a couple of oh, other that's wrong, wrong ones. Yeah, right. I'm wrong. So for loan, if it, if it did include loans, you could have Scott McKenna on loan at Air United. Air United, yeah. And you could also have, and this one would have been tough, Anthony Ralston mm. on loan at Dundee United yeah. in the Championship. Yeah. yeah. But you can't have them because it doesn't include loan players. So on you go. Try and get me the rest of the answers. Remember, it is a race, this first half teaser. So you need to send the tweet at Clyde SSB. And if you head there, you can see the question written down as well. Mm. 
Um, bit of a, a slip up for Rangers at the back Davies loses the ball to Kilty But he just couldn't quite find Curtis Main uh, With the pass um, we'll, we'll get to this more When um, we talk about Kilmarnock and Celtic But Derek McInnes spoke this week About the importance of striking first Something that he's always keen to To, to get across And really wants to emphasise that this week This is where you know, If you are St Mirren you're, you're hoping maybe to frustrate early on And, and Find your way into it, Hugh. Once you go a goal down, it does become entirely different. Well, St Mirren struck first against Celtic in the last meeting of the two clubs, then Celtic scored five times in the second yeah. half. So it's no guarantee of anything. Absolutely. Uh, no, just in terms of the game plan, though, Gordon. You know, if you if you if you concede first, mm-hmm. the, the obviously at some point you're going to need to come out a bit more than you than you were. And I'm not saying the proper parking the bus or anything, but. All those cliches that you hear week in, week out because they're valid about you know, frustrating the crowd and you, you can guarantee if this had got to 60 minutes today, nil-nil, I think the Rangers fans would let the players know. 100%. You, you've got to go, when you go to Ibrox and Kilmarnock tomorrow with Celtic, you've got to have plan A and plan B because you know that probably you're going to need both. Um, you're looking at early on, keep it tight, don't give in, the old cliches that go with it. But if you lose a goal, it's in the in the time frame of when you're going to change. Like, say, if, if Kamano had a game plan tomorrow to sit nice and tight and get men behind the ball and where they're going to do their press and Celtic score after 10, 15 minutes, they're not going to rip it up and change it right away. But if it's 60, 70 minutes, 65, 70 minutes, then it's a different approach from Kamano because they then know that they have to come out and you know get themselves forward a little bit more try and get back into the game so. VAR check for a Livy goal by Stephen Bradley the assistant ref gave the offside so it's the other way around if you like VAR is taking a look and who's on the VAR at Livy? It Kevin is. Clancy it's Kevin Clancy a quieter afternoon he will be hoping he'll for he'll enjoy that won't he? Uh, Dundee have equalised that could be a big goal Dundee won Morton won Luke Hannant on 32 minutes there if the goal stands and St Johnson are two down you'd have to say they're mm. in the mix now looked offside to Fraser Wisher he says I like that he's sticking yeah. his neck on the line because he might mm-hmm. be wrong he's just he looking, really is, he's looking under his hat and his <laughs> scarf wrapped around his, mm. his face to keep him warm uh, sign of life from St Mirren Greg Kilty with a shot held though by Alan McGregor he's not had a great deal to do but interesting I've forgotten his name momentarily Michael Beale was asked yesterday because Robbie McCrory has returned to training he's always said previously he'll get a chance before the end of the season he was asked is his chance coming and essentially said yes his chance is coming so mm. I wonder to see when yeah, I wonder when nobody the next week or so exactly no. because you've got the biggest game of your season coming round so you aren't going to risk him then then you that got again a, sorry the what's coming round biggest Same game yeah. yeah would that make it just as an example just next week would does mm. it make any difference to Alan McGregor you know it's not like leaving out you know I don't know an outfield player or whatever what, it, what it would do offside uh, confirmed at Livy by the way maybe your back phone in front of you would you would you create that wee bit of uncertainty and don't get me wrong Pitaudry is it Pitaudry next week yeah. I don't then think all, but then they're all going to be big posts exactly. split that's, anyway. that's the point I was going to make so you've got Pitaudry you've then got the semi-final then Celtic will be coming around pretty if, soon after if Rangers lost to Celtic in the semi-final their season would be over so you might as well play Robbie McCrory from uh, that point onwards until the end of the season because you've nothing mm. left to play for 
But we had this argument before. What do you learn from that then? What do you learn from Robbie McCrory when, when he's playing in meaningless games? Can you then judge if he's going to be a viable I guess it's option better, for a number I guess two it's or number one? Than nothing though, isn't it? Because if your alternative is right, you've got a couple of options here. Play him in the semi-final, not happening. No, nope. mm-hmm. don't play him at all. Completely pointless. You're kind of left with that. No, I, I think, I think you've got to you. give him a few games, and and I know what you're saying about nothing games, but. I think it was Roger that says it is today that when you when you're playing with Rangers and you're playing there in that stadium, fifth, you know, the demands on you are going win games. It doesn't matter if they know that you can't win the league or whatever. You can't just say right, we'll let the season just filter mm-hmm. out, and you know it'd be a good opportunity. I don't see him playing. I, I think McGregor will play Aberdeen. The reason why you do not want to go to Petardry and lose to Aberdeen and then get. Put out the Scottish yeah. Cup with Celtic. Yeah, You've that, got that, to gain a bit of confidence. Um, and I suppose you that we're now in that interesting time as well. It's kind of hard to forecast because you're looking at when the post-split fixtures obviously aren't out. They generally try and keep the final old firm game early on in the split so yeah. that it doesn't become a title decider. But it, it might anyway. You know, it depends when, who, and when drop points. Then Celtic will look for trophy day and all that sort of stuff. The so. one thing that the SPFL will avoid is any possibility of the game deciding the title. But you that's the thing, you just can't always predict it, can you? Because they did not well, happen a couple of seasons ago. You, you, could, literally, you could literally before. make it the last game of the season, knowing that the, the title is okay, won. Right, yeah. And you can you know have it as your grand finale, if you like. Okay, so it's the opposite. You're not bothered about trying to keep it early in the, the split. No. It's the opposite. Make it as late as possible. Mm-hmm. You're trying to avoid Celt- trouble. That's what you're trying to do. And then Celtic go on a deliberate losing run so that they can wrap up again. <laughs> Rangers at the end? I don't think so. Um, when are the fixtures out it'll be after next week's game but because the top a lot of business must be done today but but then everything changes just by one Mm. team though Livy so Livy are Livy's still got possibility there was am I right in saying there was a combination no so if if Hearts had won today that would have secured St Mirren's place in the top six yes yeah it would have Um, but it's not quite over the line yet someone can correct me if I'm wrong Okay. Mm. Try to do the quick math there. Best move on. Goal flashes with Clyde Built Home Improvements. Oh. Saved by the goal flash. It's Livy 2, St Johnston 0, and it's Stephen Kelly. Livy are keeping their top six hopes alive, and St Johnston are doing nothing to suggest they won't be getting dragged down the way. Stephen but Kelly, 38 gone, 2 0. This is a team, Livy, who over the Two previous weekends have been three goals down by half time in both the games. They're playing a St Johnson side, I repeat, who are sleepwalking towards the relegation zone. They've scored two goals, Livy. They've had another one disallowed because of offside. Now, what does that say about Livy's performance? Uplifting. What does it say about St Johnson's performance? Rubbish. I've told you Livingston and St Johnson are a good game. Uh, Fraser, you did, you did. Yeah, Fraser didn't believe me. Uh, two teams that obviously are not in great form. I think Livy are just different at, at home. They seem to find that little bit of spark. I don't know if it's a pitch and we can talk about that all day, but. Uh, well, St Mirren are not happy. Tony Watt went down under a challenge from Ben Davies as he ran through, but the referee. That waves play on So St Mirren not happy with that Sorry as you were saying Yeah I just think Livy have got a bit about them That yes they can go through this bad 
uh, period, but they always find a way out, and they're keeping that top six at as as stands. They're keeping that quite exciting, keeping that alive, and putting a little bit of pressure on teams just above. You'd worry if you were a St Johnson fan just oh. now, because they may not finish bottom, but certainly in that playoff position, again, Ross County, Dundee United. I'll look at them tonight and think it's hard. Isn't it? <laughs> Also, I don't mean to sound too unfair because we pointed out earlier. You think, okay, well, Dundee United have got the good players supposedly, you know. So when when do you start seeing that? And Kelly have got the good home form and all that sort of stuff. What I sometimes struggle to feel what St Johnson have got Johnson, going yeah. for them, and I, I oh. feel that I know that sounds extremely rude. Probably don't mean it to be quite as extreme, but do, do you know what I mean yeah, by that? Because their home form is terrible. You look at St Johnson at home this season. Lost oh, to Ross County last week. Palmerston and lost. Won't be happy. Two 0 down to Dunfermline, who are going to win the league. Sorry. And lost to Dundee United. That's where Dundee United's only away result has came this season. So, uh, listen, Callum Davidson will know fine well after today because they won't win today. You'll not find well they are back in a relegation battle. Broader picture as well, you know, the club's looking for a buyer. Jeff Brown, great man, took St Johnston to where they are today. His son Stephen is now the chairman. Uh, but the Brown family feel it's time to have a different leader. They're looking for a buyer, but what are you selling them? You're selling them a club who might be in the championship next season. Hmm, that's. First half teaser's interesting. We had a spot left on the podium. I mean, it's only for a bit of fun, so I won't, won't split hairs too much. But Laurie Finlayson, get those two tweets onto one tweet. You need one tweet with all the correct answers on it. You can't split them across two tweets. So give us one tweet with all the correct answers uh, and see if you can come up with it. Hugh Keevens is punching the air in delight yep. because the seagulls have equalised. Now, we had a man on last night in Super Scoreboard who wanted full time referees because that would guarantee that things would be better. Nah, he didn't say that, to as be I, fair. But... As I pointed out to him, Brighton have had three apologies this season mm-hmm. from the Referees Association for blatant errors that have cost Brighton nine points. I'm just waiting for this goal. To, to be, be chopped out. off, yeah. And remember, blatant errors, one that you can't even argue about. We sometimes lose sight mm. of the difference between those things. It looks like Danny Welbeck has equalised for Brighton against Chelsea, so we will keep an eye there. The, um, the nipper's on the train home to, to be going back home. I brought him in to meet Marvin Barkley. Two of them talk like that. <laughs> Mark Grantson talks for it. Yeah, it was like Marvin and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, mm. Archie Hughes' grandson. You should have heard them. I was just like, like they just got into their own sort of yeah. lingo. Their own lingo. Yeah. yeah, I think Marvin was delighted he stuck with us. Although I must admit, right, if you ever were looking for an insight into the the life of Hugh Evans, you two would have loved this, right? Mm. So Marvin Bartley, true to form, turns up one minute to six the other night. Disgraceful, right? He's got his he's got his fob. I don't know if he's forgotten his own passcode or whatever to get in, but he's stuck outside one minute to six. So I go to the door to let him in, and next thing behind him, I see Hugh Evans, his grandson, and a box of Domino's pizza. <laughs> Other pizza shops are available. Tottering towards the front door of Clyde One HQ on a Wednesday night. He's not even on the show on a Wednesday night. But apparently, he wanted to sit in here, in this office, watch the Real Madrid game and have pizza with his grandson. In here. <laughs> as if it's some sort of social club. Well, you see, the, the, the other five grandchildren had congregated and they're noisy noisy and messy and no waste of time so you, did, you, did you drag, <laughs> no, waste drag your, your grandson out on the train 
Yeah. Right, son, get your scarf in your hat. We're going up to Clyde. I, I bought myself a ready meal. Well, I was mm. going to say, what do you think the first thing he complained to me about? Hmm. The price of the Domino's. Oh, yes. scandalous. Oh, my ready meal costs three pounds, and the nipper goes up and orders his. £14.90 she said to me What? Are you, you micro your ready meal Upstairs yes. oh, I get the Cara, you... Cara Conway in the newsroom yes. Somebody <laughs> news <laughs> She came up and did it for That's me That's outrageous <laughs> Someone in news microwaves <laughs> his meal You can't be coming in here You and your days are You think it's a Using the electricity Aye uh, uh, The water He goes like to his machine Are you watching Coronation I'm a way up to the <laughs> <laughs> We need to get him a What do you Is it called there? that thing Square Bob SpongeBob, yeah, SquarePob. Right, they were watching SpongeBob SquarePants, whatever he's called, and the, I thought, nah, we want to see Chelsea and Real Madrid. We're off. It's funny how <sighs> the stories on this show, though, they, people don't forget out there, do you? you know things that you think happen, sort of incidentally, and you move on. I took myself across to the butchers, Rogers Butchers, across the road today again. Get myself a a wee ready meal before the show. And as soon as I walked in, the boy said, "Just me, make sure you don't drop that in the car <laughs> again." Ah, they're always listening. Ah, you got away with nothing. And do you know what? I genuinely did nearly drop it again. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's, it's in my head now. Mm. So anyway, half times are about to go, Hugh Keevan. So let's round this off okay. if you can. The first half teaser with the ScottishSun.co.uk/slash/football for the best football news and opinion online. Since the beginning of this season, and excluding loan players, five players have played for Scotland and played in both the Scottish Premiership and the Scottish Championship at some point in their career. They are Lyndon Dykes, Craig Gordon, Stephen Kingsley, John McGinn and Lauren Shankland. How many of them did you two get? Because you're looking very blank. Which one? one? Shankland. Shankland, I got it right away. I was on the buzzer. Oh, was Hickey not on it? No. Absolutely. Hickey not hopeless, yeah. hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. When did Hickey play in the championship? I don't know. Oh, well, he obviously didn't. No. Yeah, terrible you two. Uh, no third place, apparently. Although we said Laurie Finlayson, did he get it over two tweets or something? Oh, but he also had six answers. He's hedging his bets. Um, Mark Walkman. Was in second place. Mm-hmm. What do you think his nickname is? Sony. Sony. Too obvious. <laughs> uh, and Dylan Patton Big was years. the winner. Well done to Dylan. And we've got a, a, a really good Who Am I after the break. I, I think the, the, the Who Am I is next to impossible. Never. Not for our audience. Nothing is. Well, it's almost we impossible see. last week. Very difficult last week. Loads of people got it right last week. Just not. I think what we need to bear in mind here is because you two think it's impossible, that's mm. not the best. Barometer. We're usually quite good at that. I was, I was, I was under oh, the weather. Yeah, I was under the weather. Oh, so you were. Uh, That's right. I had a much better uh, man this week. I feel. Yeah, I was. I skipped into what they skipped in. Add to that, but as it stands, he's scored 45% of Motherwell's league goals. That's the most in the league by a mile. Shankland's got 36% of Hearts goals, but it is, in terms of a one man contribution, nearly half of all goals scored by one man. Yeah, and 
I remember not that long ago that there were some people criticising him uh, for his work rate. Hold on a minute. This is a big one of these. Goal flashes with Clyde Built Home Improvements. Mark O'Hara has equalised for St Mirren Ooh. on the stroke of half time. A mm. ball in by strain. Rangers couldn't clear their lines. And there is Mark O'Hara, St Mirren captain, having a brilliant season. In truth, always pops up with goals. He scored a good few against Rangers in his career as well. And he hits a shot off the far post. And it is Rangers 1, St Mirren 1. Mark O'Hara, who scored one of the goals when St Mirren beat Celtic uh, last September. Uh, and he is having a terrific season. Good player. Type you want beside you. Yeah. Captain as well. Mm. Uh, signed a new contract. He's, been really good this season. He's just. Uh, he seems to have found the club for him. Uh, playing with great confidence. Is he the top goal scorer? I would say. Uh, he's got more than he me. Must be. Yeah, I think. Yeah. It, I think it was. Was it not and beat the pundit? That's the only way you would know that. Exactly. That's why. Great that's why. I, do you great know something? I, tra- I tried to make myself sound really. As really if you've gone and researched and <laughs> top scorers this morning. I had it in my head. I think Roger yeah, yeah, Hanna got it that's wrong. That's him up to ten uh, top scorer for some. Very good. Way, good going at park. midfielder. Yeah. Double figures. Ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Terrific. Takes penalty kicks, but he can score goals, and uh, obviously leading by example today and. What a time to get the goal Changes things at the break doesn't it St Mirren fans will be delighted over in the corner Rangers fans A few grumbles Let's go to Fir Park though It's half time there Half time Gordon Mullowell won Dundee United nil As you said He's not really a one man team But it's all about Kevin Van Veen again As his hot streak continues With yet another goal for Mullowell He's now in 23 for the season He's got 8 in his last 5 games And he's the top scoring Dutchman In world football Forget Memphis Depay Forget Cody Gakpo It's all about KVV According to the Mullowell fans A deserved lead for Mullowell They should have been 2-0 up With Van Veen missing a great chance Before the break To be fair United actually started pretty well They were causing Mullowell problems Down the wings But they didn't really Tess Liam Kelly Jim Goodwin won't be happy with that and Motherwell then up to after 15 minutes Van Veen had a good running shot deflected wide from the angle of the box from the corner but a spittle picked out Dan Casey but he headed wide from close range should have scored then came the opener in 22 minutes big long ball up the park Nico Mandron flicked on for Van Veen he then fed Max Johnson on the right his cutback was perfect for Van Veen his first shot was saved by Max Baragiti, but then he followed in to score from close range couldn't miss there was a long VAR check but the goal stood and Van Veen lapped up the acclaim from the Motherwell fans again he did have other chances Sean Goss a shot blocked Van Veen had a free kick fluffed Goss also floated one over the bar Motherwell should have added to their, their score sheet just before the break when Van Veen headed over the bar as he's he had the best chance for United probably made across at the back post but he trundled that past the post they will need to find a spark if they're going to get anything from this game Motherwell in control half time Motherwell 1 and United 0 half time Levy here's Fraser Livingston 2 St Johnston <coughs> nil. Levy deservedly ahead the scoreline really doesn't flatter them at all they're on the front foot from the start to finish of goals from Joel Newbley and a really brilliant free kick by Stephen Kelly to show for all their good play. They started really well. Livy, great tempo from the start. Third minute, long ball by Morgan Boys over the top. Lovely touch by Stephen Bradley, making a diagonal run. Got his shot away quickly before he got tackled. And the ball bounced about a foot wide. Joel Newbley then had a good chance. The ball bounced nicely for the big striker. He tried to lob Matthews from the edge of the box. Good save by the goalkeeper, but I think that Newbley should have scored. First chance for St Johnson, 12 minutes. Jamie Murphy on the left run. A good cross to the back post. Conor McLean came in. Powerful header. Saved by Shamal George on his line. But that was it in terms of St Johnson's attacking threat. It was all Livy from then. 23rd minute, no surprise when Livy took the lead. Good hold up play by Bruce Anderson. Lovely pass. Put Joel Newbley through the big winger. Used his strength to hold 
off to right challenge and coolly side-footed the ball past Matthews into the net. Liddy more likely to have a second. Montano across the left, scrambled away desperately by a combination of Montgomery and McPherson. Really little in attack from Johnson. McLennan probably the only man that had any kind of attacking threat, but it was Bradley that had almost had the ball in the back of the net on 31 minutes. Set up again by Anderson. The system ref put his flag up and gave offside. He actually had the ball in the net, given offside, confirmed by VAR. But only a matter of time for the second goal and it came in the 38th minute Stephen Kelly burst through from the midfield he's fouled by Cammy McPherson and the midfielder dusted himself down brilliant free kick from 25 yards bent it over the, over the wall in off the right hand post of Remy Matthews there's actually loud boos by the small Banner St Johnson fans at half time long way back for their team I think Callum Davidson might turn to his bench to try and get back into this game somehow with little attacking threat. Libby cruising, half-time here, Livingston 2, St Johnson 0. Half-time Ibrox, Roger Hanna. Yeah, Rangers 1, St Mirren 1 in the break and very difficult to grudge Stephen Robinson side parity at half-time. They conceded a penalty after just four minutes, Gordon Alec Gogic too slow, he tripped Nico Raskin as he burst into the box. A right decision by referee Stephen McLean, but the wrong penalty kick by James Tavernier, Trevor Carson going down to his right to push out the captain's spot kicks. And on respond to Greg Kilty, flashing a shot just over the top Rangers another chance of Borna Barisic's cross into the six yard box Alfredo Morelos waiting to bounce but it was somehow smuggled over the crossbar into safety Fashion Sakala next to threaten with a shot saved by Carson after Morelos played him in but Rangers did take the lead on 26 minutes a good sweeping passing movement finished when the captain James Tavernier got to the byline cross from the right and there was Todd Cantwell with a close range finish in off the underside of the bar at that stage you expected Rangers to kick on but anything but that's in responded really well Ben Davis losing the ball to Kilty he couldn't find Curtis made with a pass Kilty then threatening again with a shot saved by Alan McGregor St Mirren then feeling an injustice Tony Watt going down under the challenge of Davis as he tried to bust clear in McGregor's goal but referee Stephen McLean waving play on Cantwell here a weak shot easily held by Carson as the game went into four added minutes at the end of this first half but there was still time for St Mirren's equaliser Rangers just couldn't clear their lines John Souter heading the ball out of his own six yard box it was retrieved by Ryan Strain he fed it back into the box and there was Mark O'Hara the Buddies' top scorer now into double figures with a finish off the far post past McGregor. It is all to play for in the second half. Rangers need to move up the gears. Rangers won, St Mirren won. Do a full round-up of the half-time scores next.